You know, that there's a lot of things in life that you can mess up. But you better not mess up Mother's Day. I haven't learned that the hard way, but I've known people who have. Don't mess up Mother's Day. I mean, our moms are the ones who put up with us. They clean up after us, care for our cuts and scrapes. They show us more grace than anybody else in the world. And that's why we love our moms. They're always there for us. But what if we loved our moms not because of what they do for us, but just because they're mom. With that in mind, we're taking a look at Psalm 131 this morning. Psalm 131 is a unique psalm. It's written by King David. It's not as famous as some of the other psalms. It's not like Psalm 23 that a lot of people know by heart. It's not the longest psalm like Psalm 119 or the shortest like Psalm 117. It's not the first one. It's not the last one. It's just three little verses about what it takes to live a simple, content life. Yet, these three verses, if we allow them to, if we allow God to use these verses, can be about something a whole lot more. Because these verses challenge us to look at our relationship with God. So this morning, I want us to take a look at each of these three verses. Because if we open our hearts and our minds to God, you know, these verses might even, might even change our perspective of who God is. So if you have your Bibles in a printed form or if it's a digital form, smart, smartphone, tablet, I don't know what else there are. Google Glass. Can you get the Bible on Google Glass? I don't know. Turn with me to Psalm 131 because I want us to, to, to look at these, at these three verses. Verse 1 is about humility. David writes, Lord, my heart's not proud. My eyes aren't haughty. I don't concern myself with matters too great or awesome for me. What a great verse this is. David is basically saying, Lord, I don't think I'm better or smarter or more, or more popular than I really am. I'm just who I am. That's a, what a healthy sense of self-awareness, isn't it? Now, what I'm about to say might upset you, might make you mad at me, may challenge you a little bit, but hear me out. This might sound strange to you, but I think some of the worst advice we can give people, especially children, is this. It's when we tell a child, you can do anything that you put your mind to. Have you ever said that to somebody? It's simply not true. It's not true. Y'all know my, my, my favorite sport is baseball. And I would love to play for my favorite team. Especially this year. I've waited my whole life for a team like this. I've been the laughing stock of all my friends for years. I'm a Cubs fan. So finally, finally, I would love to, but I can't play for the Cubs. I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm too uncoordinated. Pray for me every time I walk up these steps, y'all, because I might fall. 
God didn't give me the ability to play baseball. No matter how hard I might have tried to put my mind to it. You can do whatever you want if you put your mind to it. No. No matter how hard I could have tried as a child to be athletic, I'd always be the stat boy up in the booth. That's how God made me. That's who I am. And I'm okay with it. That's what King David is saying. Lord, I don't think I'm somebody I'm not. I know you created me, Lord, and I'm content with it. That's what David says in this psalm. See, sometimes we allow the world to tell us that we're somebody that we're really not. We listen to what the culture tells us about who we should be. And we don't listen to what God tells us that we really are. But David says, God, I don't think I'm more important than I really am. I don't think I'm better than everybody else. I don't get involved in everybody else's business because maybe getting involved in everybody else's business isn't good for me. That's what David says. Isn't that a wonderful attitude to have? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could know ourselves that well? See, when we listen to God and not listen to what society tells us about who we really are, we can find peace and contentment like what David found. So, if verse 1 is about understanding ourselves, verse 2 is about loving God. You know, I'm, I'm really starting to wonder The more and more that I walk with Jesus, the more I wonder if we even truly know how to love God anymore. See, that word love has so many meanings today. We can love a movie. We can love a a spouse. We can love a friend. We can love a nation. That word is used so often. But we can't really love God to our fullest unless we first understand ourselves. And we can't really understand ourselves unless we first allow God to show us who we are. See, verse 2 is about true love for God. And David gives us a beautiful image of love for God, even though that word love is not even found in the verse. David writes this in verse 2. He says, I've stilled and I've quieted myself just as a small child is quiet with its mother. Yes, like a small child is my soul within me. See, the English translation of this verse doesn't really give it full justice. The verse is about a young toddler already weaned from her nursing mother who is content just sitting on her mother's lap just being with mom. The child doesn't want anything from her mother. She's just content being there in her mother's presence. Is our relationship with God like a baby's relationship with her mother? Do we only cry out to God when our souls get dry and hungry because we know God has nourishment for us? 
to have a hunch that that's the way a lot of us relate to God. God, I need you. I need you. That's the extent of our love for God. God, I I just need you. I need you. I need more of you. I need you. There's no contentment in that. Where's the contentment we find in Psalm 131 in a relationship with God like that? It's like we're living in a spiritual panic mode all the time. Just as a baby that cries out in panic because it's hungry and too helpless to feed itself. A relationship with God shouldn't be like that. But yes, God has spiritual nourishment for us. He does. And yes, it's true, whether we want to admit it or not, we're helpless without God. But listen to me. If our love for God is nothing more than just filling us up when we're spiritually hungry, then let's be honest. We have a pretty shallow relationship with God. See, it's not about a life of panic one moment and peace the next. That's not how God wants us to have a relationship with him. I mean, that might be okay for a while, but no one can ride that roller coaster that many times in a row before it wears you out. God has given us the ability just by how he created us to live a life of deep contentment and peace even when our world might be falling down around us. And it's, and it's not even about being outwardly emotional or outwardly calm. I mean, I've known some pretty hyper people who have had a deep inward peace. And I've also known some people who are really calm and collected on the outside, but inside them is a turbulent storm of anxiety. See, our outward emotions and personalities are different from our inward souls. Our love from God should come from within us and then work its way out, not the other way around. So when we get to verse 3, we see a summary, if you will, of these first two verses. David writes, O Israel, put your hope in the Lord, now and forever. See, having an honest understanding of ourselves, having a healthy love for God, produces hope. The Hebrew word for hope is yeshal. It means to wait. It means to be patient. Anybody here admit to being a very patient person? I'm going to just put my hands behind my back and ask that question. Anybody want to admit no? Hey, it's something we're all working on. But what this verse is saying is that we can wait. We can be patient. We can chill out. Because we know God is faithful. He's going to come through in the end. If we just trust him. His timing is perfect. Our timing is not. And so we wait on his perfect timing. See, when we know ourselves well and we love God with contentment simply because he's God, 
It changes our perspective on life. It produces a patient hope that there are some things in this life that are just simply out of our control. And you know what? That's really okay. Whether we want to admit it or not. Since we love and since we trust God, he takes care of us. A lot of us need to hear that. Now as we close out this portion of our worship service together, I want us to do a little exercise. Doesn't that stretch you out when you hear the preacher say that? I want us to do something here. Listen to what verse 3 says. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord, now and always. I want you to say that with me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord, now and always. Say it again. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord, now and always. One more time. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord, now and always. Now this next time we do this, I want you to do one little thing differently. I want you to replace the word Israel with your own first name. Because this scripture is for you. Yes, it was written 3,000 years ago. But it's the heart of God through the man David for you and for me. So put your name in there. Here we go. Oh, Mike, put your hope in the Lord now and always. And I pray that you will. Let's pray together.